This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. You know, the government did reach a short-term funding bill uh, just uh, in the last several weeks, but the possibility of a government shutdown remains as we head into early March. Affinity Solutions has looked at how spending was impacted back when we had the shutdown in 2018 and 2019, right at the end of the year and into the new year. Remember, the federal government was shut down for 35 days to better understand what we might be uh, seeing if we have a shutdown here in 2024. Jonathan Silver, CEO of Affinity Solutions, joins us to talk about the data that they pulled up. Jonathan, great to talk to you again. How are you? I'm great, Dan. Nice to hear your voice. Glad to be on. Good to hear from you as well. This is an interesting report, and obviously it's something that is, at least right now, it's still a potential that we have to think about. Uh, But going back to 2018-2019, there were economic impacts in a variety of different sectors, weren't there? There were. I mean, I think the net effect was uh, about $3 billion of GDP that was impacted from that 35 days, which was the longest government shutdown we've we've ever seen uh so it was december 22nd of 18 to january 25th of 19 uh three billion the short-term impact uh during that window was about eight billion uh i'm sorry 11 billion eight billion was made up so it was delayed so that's where the net effect of three billion comes in but it was pretty uh it was pretty significant during that time period i think we're in a little bit of a more resilient economy today um than perhaps it was in terms of unemployment but, yeah, we saw, I think, uh, when we look back in our data, which is from 140 million cards at Affinity, we saw that in the 18 to 19 uh, shutdown, electronic stores were down 13 percent from the average week uh, during the shutdown. Household appliance stores were down 15 percent. Shoe stores were down 14 percent. So some of those discretionary categories, uh, it had a pretty significant impact. But there was a segment that actually saw an increase back in 2018, 2019. <laughs> yes, there was. So they, uh, and it, it was bookstores. So <laughs> interestingly, it was up uh, 35% from the average week. And, you know, it's probably an indication people were trading more expensive entertainment experiences, dinner and a movie or concert, et cetera, for less expensive entertainment, the old fashioned book. Uh, and so, yeah, we saw a surprising increase uh, in bookstores of 35 percent uh, when we look back at the data. So it's interesting then to kind of correlate that forward into what we may see play out here in an economy right now where, uh, you know, events and, and going to do things has become a, a, a big a component of the economy for so many people. Uh, and, and we're not relying on stuff as much as maybe we have in the past. Right. And I, as, as I was suggesting, you know, the economy today, while inflation is pretty similar to what it was in 1819, uh, we're looking at unemployment <clears throat> at pretty substantial lows. We have wage increases that are, uh, you know, exceeding inflation now. Of course, lower inflation rate is on an already high base. So, you know, it, it will take a while for prices to normalize unless we see deflation. Um, but nonetheless, the economy has strong uh, you know, strong, strong um, fundamentals. So I think it shouldn't be as bad. I mean, right now, coming into the year, we left holiday. We saw a holiday season that was pretty encouraging. Um, you know, retail yeah. sales 
in December year over year was 3.7 percent. If we exclude restaurants, it was 3.3 percent. Um, I think what we'll see if there's a government shutdown, I think we'll see less of an impact. I think no matter what, people are going to be shifting from you know uh, discretionary items towards essentials. People are going to be trading down, and will continue and have continued. We'll, we'll see that more in 2024. Of, People trading down from, you know, I, uh, generic items instead of the more branded items uh, across the board. So, um, yeah, we'll see the same trends. We'll just see a little bit more of a dip uh, if the government does shut down. Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't happen. You know, obviously, when you're talking about a government shutdown, you think about the government programs uh, that are potentially impacted. Uh, you know, obviously, some of them they they try and keep going, but. For a lot of the people that work for the federal government, you, you may not be, you know, you may be getting a little bit less than market rate to begin with. And so that puts an even bigger challenge on your wallet at this time of the year. And so probably some of those government workers uh, are probably in that category at the moment of people whose wallets were probably tight to begin with because of the level of inflation we've seen over the last two years. That's right. And, you know, we talk to retailers a lot. Uh, we talk last time about the National Retail Federation and our relationship with them. And they, they're, you know, they're businesses that are in areas that would be most impacted by those furloughs, like you can imagine in, in the D.C. area. You know, one thing I think we should, um, you know, this is an election year we're going into. That, that was not the case in 1819 uh, when this was happening. And I think the election year dynamics will also be an important yeah. uh, factor. Um, you know, election years in general, the economy d- tends to do better. And we will see a lot of focus on the economy, obviously, from both sides of the aisle during this election season. The Democrats will highlight how great it is and the Republicans will challenge it. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, you know, even on the Republican side, they might feel uh, confident that their uh, their, their uh, candidate will get elected. So I, I think there's going to be a positive general feeling about the economy from all the messaging that's going to happen during this election cycle. Uh, we'll, we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So when you get a shutdown occurred, does the the spending component component in, in those areas that you mentioned, do you see an immediate drop-off, or does the consumer kind of work their way into it? No, it's pretty it's pretty immediate. Um, you know, you, you get furloughed. You don't have the income. You you're immediately start adjusting your spend pattern. So I think you, you would see it immediately. Uh, you'll see the, you know, an acceleration of shift from discretionary to essentials. And, you know, one thing we saw coming out of the year is, was a big focus on personal care and health. Uh, that's yeah. a trend that we saw all year long, but that was up, I think, 9.2% in December versus December of 22. And then you come into January with New Year's resolution. So we're going to see sort of these secular shifts in consumer spending just get accelerated if the government shuts down, we, we would expect it to be pretty immediate. But going back to something you said a moment ago, because of the fact that this is a presidential election year, uh, there will be probably more effort than ever uh, to make sure that you avoid a shutdown because it can come back to haunt uh, the political parties involved. Uh, that that's something they don't want to have to have on their on their uh, docket uh, as you get ready for a uh, a large election. That's right. And, you know, we if I had to put my finger in the air, I'd say it's a it's a, you know, a pretty good probability that we will not have one. But 
you know, we've been surprised before, and it's going to be the political calculus of each side of the aisle to determine about how, how much brinksmanship they want to bring uh, to this negotiation. But, you know, we actually see, you know, we're able to break out our data by not just, um, you know, as, as we've discussed before, income and age. We don't live in a homogeneous economy. We live in lots of different economies. Uh, we also can break it down by political affiliation. We can see how Democrats and Republicans spend differently. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, perhaps in another segment, we can come back and share some of those results, uh, you know, in the in the election cycle to see how uh, Republican versus Democrats spend differently. But we see, you know, the good news about on the income split, by the way, is that at least coming into the year, 50 percent of our economy is or the consumer spending is from low income. And we're seeing the, that group, the lower income under fifty, seventy five thousand dollars a year in household income. They're increasing their spend at a higher rate yeah. than the higher income groups. That's the sign of a, at least a baseline healthy economy coming into the year. Is there a component of, of the ease of e-commerce that that can factor into the, these spending patterns as well? It's a great point. Um, you know, there's so much focus on deals. You know, Amazon. We saw overall there was like a 31 percent increase in December of non-store retail, which is basically e-commerce, including Amazon. And, you know, a lot of that growth was just, you know, blasting out deals, multiple prime days. We saw people spending not not as concentrated around Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but spread out throughout the holiday season. So, yes, yeah. that's a excellent point. And, and I would guess, you know, when you think back to the timing of the shutdown in 2018-2019, it started right around the holidays, and probably you had people um, who were, you know, already taking off anyway. So maybe their spending might have been a little bit less to begin with. Still, as you said, you get that one last check probably uh, right around December thirty first, and then you get into January, and then it really does become to a time where it hits your wallet. Absolutely, yeah. So the fact that this would happen. If it does in May, you know, the seasonal impacts, you're, you're right, will need to be considered. Uh, we were obviously, you know, we don't have uh, multiple shutdown throughout the year to compare to see how it would affect, you know, how, how it might impact consumer spending in May versus at the end of the year. Um, one thing I, I do think it's going to impact restaurants quite a bit. I mean, even yeah. coming out of the year, we had a very good year for restaurants in December, 5.3 percent growth. Um, there's already a shift in inflation kind of moving back towards, uh, you know, where grocery prices are increasing at a much lower rate than restaurant. You already have a shift of people going from eating out of the home to eating in the home. If there's a government shutdown, that's going to be, that's one sector that I expect will be uh, hit pretty hard. And that's a sector that has been dealing with an incredible level of inflation over the last three years or so. I mean, a lot of restaurant Owners have talked about how the prices that they've been paying uh, for things like beef and chicken and and other elements has really soared over the, the time of the pandemic and even to a degree still today. Yeah, in December, uh, prices at restaurants rose 5.2 percent. Uh, food at home only rose 1.3. So that's where that uh, you're right. And I think consumers are, are feeling it. I mean, they're seeing it. You know, uh, gas prices, fortunately, are down. That actually has an offsetting impact. You know, when you drive around town, you know, the average household budget, you're only spending 3% on gas. But just seeing that billboard every time you're you know, driving around or when you fill up the tank, uh, if prices are down, you kind of feel a little bit better. 
Uh, and uh, usually when you're filling up a tank, it's often when you're uh, heading to a store or a restaurant or yep. some other um, commercial establishment. So that makes that that's helpful. But I, I do believe that the rising prices at restaurants is going to cause uh, some headwinds and driving people back to eating at home more. Well, yeah. And, and if there is a, a, a component to factor in as well in terms of that uh, spending on gasoline, the fact that you have so many people working remotely right now, uh, I know I do the show remotely a couple of days a week, uh, and I don't drive as much. And, and so, you know, you're probably not spending as much on gasoline in general uh, than you do uh, normally because of, you know, the ability to work from home. That obviously has downstream impacts on, you know, when you think about your car, thinking about like oil changes, et cetera, uh, changing your tires, you know, whatever it might be. There are some, you know, some smaller benefits that are out there uh, that may lessen the impact of a shutdown. That's right. But it goes back to your point earlier about e-commerce, right? Because if you're going out less, you know, I think people are just learning how to be at home more. And, and yes, they're driving less. It has impacts yep. on oil changes and that sort of thing. But also it gets people more oriented towards e-commerce. I think that's what one of the factors that, uh, drove uh, the e-commerce business so high as people are just used to going online, make, you know, doing a couple of clicks. Uh, the product gets, you know, increasingly gets there faster and faster, and no, uh, no shipping costs, and you know there'll be continued shift in that direction. We are creatures of habit, Jonathan. That you know, when we know we have a little bit of money that we can spend, we do like to spend it in a variety of different ways. That I don't think that's ever going to change. It won't. You know, uh, it's it seems bizarre to talk about the. Uh, the stimulus checks as being a thing since it was so long ago. But, you know, one factor to keep in mind, too, is we've got money sitting, still sitting, probably projected to begin to dwindle down to something uh, trivial, you know, probably in the mid to latter part of 24. So if the government shutdown happens, that's one other tailwind is there's still money there. And I I forget, I think the statistic (laughs) I saw is that checking and savings accounts post-pandemic was one and a half trillion dollars more than it was pre-pandemic. So, people have savings, and that will help buttress uh, any negative impact from a government shutdown. That's amazing to me that that that, that is still a statistic. <laughs> and, and I would have thought that we would have been pretty much, you know, had seen all of that money go through the system, or at least be in the system right now. And and it just isn't the case. And people are are really kind of, you know, they're holding on to those last little bits of the of the stimulus. Well, and that may be why we're seeing this strange inverse correlation between consumer sentiment, where people say they're, they're not feeling good about the economy, but their spending is still high. Um, yeah. And some of the things that they're saying is because of what they're hearing and reading on social media, but yet they still go out and spend. And I think part of that is there is a buildup of savings, and the credit card debt has not gotten to levels that are alarming at all. Uh, we're still seeing that. You know, it's, it's over a trillion dollars of debt, but the ratio of bad debt or delayed payment has not uh, has not risen as a, as a major red flag at this point. But again, this is something that we're going to be keeping a close eye on. And it almost makes you wonder if, you know, as you get closer to the potential of a shutdown, if consumers don't start to take note of it and, and even start to change their patterns even before the shutdown occurs, so that they can be prepared for it. That's right. And I don't think 
people are thinking about it now. I think uh, as the negotiations continue, if it becomes real, you know, people will start giving it much more attention, to your point. And it also goes back to we don't live in a homogeneous economy. So the way that people's spending will change relative to their perception of whether the, the shutdown is going to happen will vary dramatically by geography, by income, age. Uh, we, we slice the data and look at those different segments. So we're going to look at it very hard, and we're going to look at it by segment to see where people's yeah. spending patterns may start to shift uh, if they believe a, a shutdown is, uh, in fact, coming. All right. All right, Jonathan, great to talk to you. Thanks very much. We will stay in touch. Lots to keep an eye on as it moves ahead here in the next uh, several weeks. Thank you, sir. You got it. Nice to talk to you. You got it. Uh, Jonathan Silver, who is the CEO of Affinity Solutions. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.